Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Well, first up, a prophetic story from the scriptures is literally coming to pass in front of our very eyes. Barry Stagner of Calvary Chapel of Tustin, California, details how recent events in the Middle East are compatible with events detailed in the Old Testament scriptures centered around Israel. And imagine a man named Gary Miracle, who, even though he has suffered physically due to an infection forcing him to lose his limbs, he lives each day with a purpose, trusting in Christ. Mercy Me's song, Say I Won't, was inspired by his testimony. You will be hearing from him coming up. And on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, from Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Florida, D. James Kennedy Ministries, and the Institute for Faith and Culture, Robert Pacienza helps Christians to become more appreciative of a biblical worldview perspective and to build their lives on the foundation of God's Word. Finally, it's back to Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2023 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, where Donna Wyland related her desire to share compelling biblical content with children. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. The senior pastor of Calvary Chapel in Tustin, California, Barry Stagner, provided insight in a recent Meeting House conversation into the conflict between Israel and Hamas and the effect on the Middle East, as well as its relationship to Bible prophecy. He is the author of a forthcoming book entitled The Time of the Signs, A Chronology of Earth's Final Events. From that Meeting House conversation, this is Barry Stagner. Well, I'd like to ask you about the the relationship between evangelical Christianity and ideally Christianity at large and the nation of Israel. Of course, we look to our roots and there's a, a common root. We, we recognize that there is a a land mass that has been promised to the Jews dating back to the time of, of Abraham and that promise. And we see the fulfillment of promise, the regathering of Israel in that land, or at least part of it in 1948. But we see the, the common heritage. And of course, we recognize that that Jewish people that don't know the Messiah, that don't do not give their lives to him, then they they meet the same fate as everyone else who rejects Christ, but we also recognize there is a special relationship between Christians and Israel. So when we talk about standing with Israel, that carries a lot of weight. I'd like for you to explain that or unpack that for us, if you would. Well, I think it's important for us always to go back to, as you mentioned, Genesis twelve three. If we move forward a little bit into Genesis 17, and, uh, and 18, there is a relationship established not only with the descendants of Abraham and Isaac through Jacob, but also with the land that God is going to give them. And so we should absolutely be supportive of the rebirth of the nation of Israel. And, uh, you know, we, that doesn't mean we support every decision they make or agree with mm -hmm. everything they do. As you pointed out, you know, the vast majority of them are non-believers, and Israel is... Uh, largely a secular society, with the exception of the Orthodox and the, the few Christians who are there. But the reality is, is that God made an everlasting and unconditional covenant with the descendants 
of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the land that he gave them as an inheritance. As a matter of fact, uh, the Lord said in the Ezekiel scenario, uh, chapter 36, he said, every day that the Jews are outside the land, they profane my name. So it's not that they're out there sinning and making a mockery of God, but the very fact that they are not in their national homeland gives the nations of the world the opportunity to question the validity of God's relationship with them. And, you know, Bob, sadly today, the majority of the church uh, believes in replacement theology, that the church has replaced uh, the nation of Israel and God's redemptive plan. But uh, the Bible disagrees with that from start to finish. And uh, God is going to uh, draw the Jews to himself uh, in the tribulation. We, we know from Zechariah 12:10, one day they will look upon the one whom they pierced and mourn for him as one mourns uh, for an only son. And that happens at the second coming where all Israel, and that means the third of the Jews that survived the tribulation because of their belief, all Israel will be saved, as Paul prophesied in Romans chapter 11. So, you know, to the to the replacement theologist, uh, I would argue, well, if God is done with the nation of Israel, then why is everything prophesied about Israel <laughs> happening to Israel? And, and if God is done with the nation of Israel, why is the city will inhabit forever called the New Jerusalem? I mean, these things just don't make any sense if God casts off the people he has chosen. And um, we absolutely as Christians should be supportive of the nation of Israel. We should have a love for the people of Israel. And uh, we should certainly be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Barry Stagner here on The Intersection. You can find him online at barrystagner.com. Next on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, the author of the book, No More Bad Days, Trading the Pursuit of Perfection for the Gift of Grace, Gary Miracle, described what he experienced physically and spiritually as the result of an infection, resulting in the loss of a heartbeat for over 10 minutes and ultimately the amputation of his limbs. His story has inspired the Mercy Me song called Say I Won't, here now from that recent Meeting House conversation is Gary Miracle. At 7.18 a.m. on January 1st, 2020, all of the night shift doctors and nurses and all of the day shift doctors and nurses were at the foot of my bed on the ICU floor when all 46 machines in unison all at the same time went beep. Mm. And wow. I flatlined and coded right in front of them and they said, they said it was just like out of the movies. Within 30 seconds, my entire body started turning blue. Code blue started going over all the, the intercoms and the speakers, and all the other doctors and nurses came flying in with the crash carts. And this little 70-pound nurse soaking wet just jumps up on top of my body and just starts king-konging my chest to try to bring <laughs> anything back that she could. She's just going. She's giving it all that she's got. And and. And by the grace of God, 11 minutes later at 7.29 a.m. on January 1st, 2020, they found a slight pulse in me. And the cardiothoracic surgeon that was on call that night went out into the waiting room to tell my family what had just happened and said, we don't know what we're going to do with this guy. We're minute by minute, but I'm going to go ahead and throw up a Hail Mary and put him on life support now because we didn't think he was going to be stable enough to do it. So everything started making sense, and they put me on life support. I was in a coma for 10 days, 
And long story short, 107 days later, I came out of the hospital. And in order for them to have saved my life, they had to amputate both of my arms and both of my legs. So I am a brand new, um, coming up on my four-year anniversary of a quadruple amputee. And, and I'm just, thank God, with all of my heart, got a, got a 1.7% chance can't stand up against him. Hmm. So praise him and all of that. And I am alive here to be a son to my parents and a brother to my sister and a husband to my wife and, and a dad to my children. And I am so incredibly thankful for what he's brought me through. So I ended up going through that season with a dear friend whose name is Bart Millard, who mm. actually happens to be the lead singer of Mercy Me. Indeed. Um, you know, we I called him, and it was right after the I Can Only Imagine movie came out. I was like, Bart, I know you just went through this. I'm, I'm struggling with the same identity crisis that I'm going through right now. Can you link arms with me? And for six months, we walked through a book together. And what I realized was that even on my very worst day, Christ was still absolutely crazy about me and madly in love with me. And, and that concept blew my mind that, that I didn't have to do enough or be enough or, or achieve enough in order for him to be crazy about me. He just actually is in all of my mess and in all of my junk and in all of my baggage. So, so I set that stage to say this. I'm not some super Christian who's just going to give you the Sunday school answers and speak this Christianese language to you by any means, but... On the morning of March 18th, when they came in and they told me that infection was starting to set in on my hands, all I remembered was looking up. I, I always get emotional in this part because it's, it's so raw and so real. But on March 18th, I looked up at my dad. And the only thing that came to me at that time was the, the verse in the book of Job in the Old Testament, which if you've never read the book of Job, like, don't. It's awful. It's the worst book ever. No, I'm just kidding, people. Read your Bible if you're listening to this. Like, don't listen to that part. Uh, so, was the verse in the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 21, that says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And I knew in that moment in my life that for 39 years, the Lord had given me hands and legs. But at that moment, it was just taking away time. And I've been a Christian since I was 11 years old. And I spent my whole life telling people that God is good and preaching to people that God is good and trying to convince people that God is good. So how dare I, now that something traumatic happens to me in my life, now live my life like he's not good anymore? It's just not a stance that I'm willing to take. God didn't mess up on me. He didn't make a mistake on me. My world is not falling apart. It's falling exactly into place, which is exactly where he wants me to be. And I know and I trust that I'm right on time in his plan. And if I wish that anything was different about my circumstances, then I'm essentially taking the stance that Christ is doing a bad job and that he lied to us when he told us that he directs our steps. And I do not believe that for any sake of the case. I know that he directed these steps. Gary Miracle here on The Intersection. You can find him online through the website Gary Miracle. Com. Well, this is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can learn more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by going through the programming section at faithradio.org. 
through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast and the Meeting House radio program. You can also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. Plus, you can watch video of Meeting House guests on the Faith Radio YouTube channel, including recently added content from the summer 2023 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find a link to the Faith Radio YouTube channel through the Meeting House homepage. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter at Access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can access it through the programming menu from the homepage at faithradio.org. Conversations can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast at Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Pandora, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Next on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's Robert Pacienza, President and CEO of D. James Kennedy Ministries, Senior Pastor of Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and founder of the Institute for Faith and Culture. In our recent Meeting House conversation, he discussed some of the main principles contributing to a Christian worldview, a concept he explores in the book called How Firm a Foundation. A corresponding DVD set is available as well. Here now from that Meeting House conversation is Robert Pacienza. I chose some foundational truths that I believe are the bedrock of historic biblical Christianity, but also have served the church over the last 2,000 years for really grounding us in whatever uh, cultural moment the church has faced, no matter how hard or fast or strong the cultural winds are blowing, have rooted and grounded the people of God uh, over the last 2,000 years. And when I look at what's happening in the 21st century, I really felt compelled to preach and write this series called How Firm a Foundation to make sure that we were reminded yet again uh, that, as you just mentioned, that we do not build our lives on the, on the sinking sand of this cultural moment or the ideologies of our society, but we build our lives upon the bedrock, the solid rock of God's Word. So some of the themes that we explore or some of the truths that we explore um, – for instance, we, we, there's a, a chapter and a sermon on the problem of sin. Now, why is that important, that that's part of our uh, firm foundation? Well, we live in a world that says, follow your heart. Mm. Uh, that, that's, the, that's the cultural ideology, follow your heart. And while it sounds good on the surface, but then the Bible says our heart is wicked, <laughs> our heart is deceitful, <laughs> and we actually have to understand that, no, there is something called sin. And we live, unfortunately, in a day and age where even pastors won't call sin, sin. 
They won't even preach a sermon on sin. So we need to understand part of that firm foundation in having a biblical worldview is that when we look at the world and we look at ourselves, we realize we're sinners in need of God's grace. God forbid we follow our heart. We need to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who's come to save us from our sin, and realize that God has provided the only way in which we can be saved and that this salvation also extends throughout all of creation as well as the only hope uh, for the world. Uh, we explore the, uh, the doctrine or the truth of the sovereignty of God. Well, we live in a world that says you're the master of your domain. Uh, mm. You're the captain of the ship. No, you're not. <laughs> no. And, and God forbid we raise up another generation uh, that, that believes that, that they are sovereign or they're autonomous or, or they're uh, you know, in control over everything. No, no, God is in control. And thanks be to God that he's in control. And so we want to root, uh, root the church in this and ground the church in this beautiful truth that we're not sovereign and autonomous, but God is sovereign and, and that we ultimately belong uh, to him. We live in a world that says, um, you know, you go live your truth or you do you, you know, as if we can kind of uh, define truth or that all truth is ultimately relative. No, we need to understand that there is, there is such a thing called absolute truth, and we actually, it actually governs our lives every day whether we realize it or not. Um, and we need to reject the lie of relativism and embrace the idea that uh, God has given us his word and it is absolute truth and it governs our lives and actually our lives will flourish if we follow God's word as absolute truth and we realize that we will live a life of chaos that mm. our li lives will flounder and fall apart if we reject that truth so um, i'm writing each chapter preaching every sermon on each biblical truth with the modern cultural ideology in mind how do we refute that and allow uh, the next generation in the church and the parents raising uh, this next generation to ground their lives on the firm foundation of God's word, which is the solid rock. Robert Pacienza here on The Intersection. You can connect through djameskennedy.org. Well, finally, on this edition of The Intersection podcast at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2023 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, Donna Wyland underscored the importance of teaching biblical principles to children. She highlighted her books, Psalms and Rhymes for Little Hearts and Twas the Night Before Jesus. Here now from that Meeting House conversation is Donna Wyland. The most challenging, honestly, are that some of the Psalms, even the praise Psalms, may often have concepts that are very difficult to find a childlike word to describe, or they may have two verses that are rather, maybe like David, you know, a mighty warrior. Maybe they're a little too, a little too powerful, mm -hmm, a little mm -hmm. too, um, assertive, I, I'll say, for a child. So there were, there were times that I needed to make a creative decision and maybe there would be a couple of verses that did not fit maybe a child's perspective. And so we focus on the praise part of that psalm. And how do you see that putting praise into rhyme is something that mm -hmm. can help a child mm -hmm. to really absorb the scriptures into mm. their lives well putting anything into rhyme makes it more memorable it makes it fun and interesting for children and um so i think primarily it's the rhyme that they just remember you know they they can always come back to words that 
fit together and that uh, sing song kind of rhythm. Mm. Mm. Well, and God, and, and we think about the Psalms and really the, the way that they're structured and how they communicate. Yeah. Many of them very simple, very lyrical. They were obviously designed to be sung. So yes. to really adapt those for children, that really gives a great opportunity for them to, to learn the Psalms better, to learn mm. the meaning. And then on top of that, you got illustrations. Yes, yes, which are <laughs> Tell delightful. Me about those. Oh my goodness. Well, Courtney Smith is just a very talented um, illustrator and she was assigned by the publisher and I have been thrilled with what she has done in both this book and in Twas the Night Before Jesus. Um, she is a young mother. She is incredibly experienced and gifted and she prays over each book before she completes the illustrations. And you can see that, I mm. think, in her work. Donna Wyland is joining us today here on the Beating House on Faith Radio. It is the Summer 2023 Christian Product Expo mm -hmm. in Lexington, Kentucky. This is the Beating House here on Faith Radio. Well, you mentioned a book. It's been out for several years. It's called Twas the Night Before Jesus. But here, mm -hmm. as we enter into the late summer months, as we have this conversation in August, Christmas <laughs> is not too far away. And Share with me about the inspiration for Twas the Night Before Jesus. Mm. I have always loved Twas the Night Before Christmas. Uh -huh. I think most of us have. We've grown up with it, and it's been a classic. This was one that I can honestly say I wasn't exactly thinking about this one either. God is so surprising and so awesome when he just puts the hint of an idea into your mind. And one morning, I was sitting, having quiet time, and the thought of this book came to mind. And so I just began to pray and write. And this has been a five-year process, a culmination. Wow. Um, it took me many, many years to find that ending piece where I just knew that that was it. That was what the Lord was looking for. Um, and once I got those last couple stanzas, I knew it was ready. Mm. Well, I don't want to ask so. you about a spoiler <laughs> as far as the ending, <laughs> but as far as let, let's do talk about the concept, yes. though, is it loosely based on Twas the Night Before Christmas or is it is it pretty much something that is, I, I guess, its own unique work? I would say it's unique, um, definitely biblically based. Uh -huh. It does have the same number of stanzas as Twas the Night Before Christmas, the same sing-song rhyme, uh -huh. and very adorable illustrations that captivate children. Um, but what is so different about it is that it's telling the true meaning of Christmas, and it goes far beyond the birth of Christ. It also shares his life, his death, his resurrection in simple terms. And yeah. then at the end... Um, it brings the child back to Christmas. And the very last stanza says, until then on Christmas, we say with delight, happy birthday to Jesus and to all a good night. Donna Wyland here on The Intersection. You can find her online at Donna Wyland, W-Y-L-A-N-D dot com. 
Well, we are nearing the end of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can learn more through The Meeting House homepage. You can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Scroll over the word programming and you will find the Meeting House link. You can also go to meetinghouseonline.info. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center that is also available through that programming menu. That's the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast and the Meeting House radio program. There are links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. Plus, there's a link to the Faith Radio YouTube channel through which you can watch video of Meeting House guests. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can reach it through the programming section at faithradio.org. Thank you for joining me for this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.